Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Goth, pressure, in trouble, throws on the run. Complete. That was the fourth and three with about seven and a half to go in the game. Uh, Detroit uh, passing on what would have been a 47-yard field goal from Badgley to go for the fourth and three. And that play never had a chance. I was listening to Olsen sort of describe that play, and he said it was one of the only plays of the game Detroit offensively was confused uh, by San Francisco pre-snap. Goff immediately came out uh, with interior pressure, and that play never had a chance. The first fourth and two, certainly Josh Reynolds has a chance to catch that ball. That's a catchable ball. Uh, joining us right now, as he does every Monday and every Friday minimum during the course of the week, is our Washington insider, Ben Standig, who writes for The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter, at Ben Standig. Listen to his podcast, Standig Room Only, and subscribe to The Athletic. We'll get to Detroit losing and the interview schedule and any sort of update there in a moment, but let me just get your reaction to the two games yesterday. We'll start with the first one, the AFC Championship. Uh, thanks for having me on as always. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, the, the, the Rudy Tom Janovich line can sound hokey at times. The never, you know, never underestimate the heart of a champion, but it really did feel like that was, you know, kind of what was in, in play there. Kansas city was up to the moment, it, you know, that meant the, you know, in the first half, you know, they just came out and, and both sides of the ball were really in, um, in control, and then even though they didn't score a single point in the second half, you know they just still felt like they had, um, you know, they 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 had their wits about them throughout. I mean, the Ravens, you know, obviously the Zay Flowers uh, fumble at the goal line that they had some other critical mistakes. They just seemed like they were just constantly on the verge of uh, screwing up at all times. You know, they they, they just the unforced errors. The, the mistakes, they, it just didn't feel like they were, I want to say they were up to the moment. Obviously, that's kind of a bit much, but they, you know, they, they just like undid themselves too many times. And for Lamar Jackson, you know, I've said this here, I've said this in many places. Obviously, he's a very good player, but when you get to the playoffs and you're down to one opponent, you just have to, this is the only thing to focus on this one team. It just becomes easier, not, not easy, but easier to defend people or teams that have very unique circumstances. And in his case, as is often the, the demise, sit in the pot, you know, force him to throw from the pocket. That's kind of the deal. And if you can do that, he has not shown the ability historically to, um, to rally. And I know there was this notion of, well, they were playing from behind and they, they were out of their game. 
I mean, the final score was seven points, right? So, I mean, it wasn't yeah, it was like never they were more down. than 17-7. Yeah, no, I mean, they, they, they got away from even trying to run the football. That, that to me, was um, that was a head-scratcher. Yeah, so, yeah, so Lamar in that spot was just tough. And, you know, look, I mean, can't, I mean, my, my big question going into the game was, was the Kansas City offense that we saw against Miami and Buffalo for real, or were they just taking advantage of the Dolphins in bad weather and Buffalo's defense is really beat up. And, you right. know, certainly in that first half, it, it was Kansas City's offense was back, and, uh, you know, they, they did enough. Two drives and one throw at the end is essentially what they did offensively, and it was all they needed because the first two drives were an absolute clinic um, uh, by Mahomes and Kelsey at all. What about the second game? I mean, you know, I think we were all sitting here preparing for a world in which Washington may not be able to hire a head coach uh, until after the, officially until after the Super Bowl. If it was going to be Ben Johnson, the way that thing started, then, you know, I don't know if it was a single, if it was the Ayuk uh, catch off the deflection that was really the, the game changer from a momentum perspective. It kind of felt like it was. And, to go from that point where it's, you know, 24-7 at halftime to tie game by the end of the third um, and, and just the momentum just kind of kept building was, was pretty was pretty wild. I and mean, obviously San Francisco is, is another, you know, been there, done that team, even though they haven't made the Super Bowl since 2019. They're in this position pretty much every year under Kyle Shanahan. And, you know, I think, you know, Detroit, you know, momentum can can get you sometimes and it just felt like as soon as the momentum flipped everything started falling apart for the lions you know they were obviously like a lot of our focus is on how ben johnson was calling the game and you know the, the result is the result but when the lions were making as many mistakes as they were and so many drops um you know in the second half you know it's hard to sort of pick on that completely but uh yeah i mean they you know they were there they had they they, they seemingly had it and then they just completely lost the, the, the momentum and, uh, you know, give the Niners credit. Brock Purdy made some plays with his legs and, uh, you know, they, they, they found a way. And that's, you know, that's what you ask of your best teams, especially in games where you don't always have it going. How do you, what's your next gear? How do you find something else to, to, uh, to, to help you rally? And, and, and they were able to do it. I was saying to Ben, Ben Denton during the break, and I think I've probably already described it like this during the show, but, you know, we were so close in that game last night to really being, having significant questions about the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, and their decisions on quarterbacks, you know, the, the evaluation of quarterbacks, because Purdy was horrendous for the first, you know, two and a half quarters of that game. And then Detroit melted down, gave him a chance to get back into the game with all of the drops, with the fumble, with the carrying the punt into the end zone, with just all of it. It was a complete self-destruction uh, by, by them. And then Purdy made one big play after another. But if Detroit doesn't, you know, uh, basically knock their head against the wall for five minutes in the third quarter. San Francisco doesn't win that game, and it, it's but they did, and now they've got a chance to do what they couldn't do with Garoppolo, even though they had a ten point lead against Mahomes. But man, going into this game, I, I 
I made the mistake of picking Baltimore against Mahomes yesterday. I don't know if I'm going to do that again. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I, I, every... I guess the que- I guess the question, not to interrupt you, but I didn't ask you yeah. a question, is that do you evaluate yourself as the 49ers honestly and objectively and say for without a, a multiple drop passes, a fumble, uh, a lucky deflection off of a face mask that should have been a, a, an interception. Um, we lose, and we lose because we couldn't stop this team. They were great offensively, but we also lose because our quarterbacks throwing, you know, overthrowing people by six feet, and you know, and and throwing interceptions, uh, allowing uh, you know pressure to get to them. It, it's because that's. The evaluation of that game, to me, Purdy was great when they got the opportunity. McCaffrey was, Samuel was. But if you're doing an honest evaluation and you're the 49ers, I think I think you're still looking at quarterback. Well, I mean, I think – I mean, to, to the point of the game, I think you're right that, like, whatever Purdy was or wasn't doing, the defense was, was really – Shredded. Uh, letting them down. I mean, they, they, they were getting, you know, torn up in that, in that first half – um, for sure, and you know, again, if they don't may have all the drops, you know, it's always the ifs and ifs ands and buts. But uh, you know, the drops really, you know, held them back um, as well. But you know, the, the Brock Purdy thing is so interesting to me. I, I, maybe I'm wrong. I, I know I'm sure that Kyle Shanahan has had to defend the the choice of going with Brock Purdy, but we just lived through this here. I mean, Brock Purdy was picked two rounds after Sam Howe. We saw Sam Howe play at a pretty good level at times, but ultimately, you know, it, it things went went south as the season went on. But, you know, switch the two quarterbacks. I mean, I know this is maybe easier said than done, but the Shanahan system has been so strong. They have so much talent that they were able to elevate. Forget whether Purdy is good or not. He's incredibly inexperienced. I wouldn't care if he was the number one pick in the draft. He's still a two-year player putting put into this situation i'm not expecting him to come out right. and Fair. crush it at all at, at all times and yet he largely has done a pretty good job i think to me it's like a testament to what kyle shanahan's able to do over there that is oh i won't say completely plug and play but it almost feels that way um versus you know again we saw sam howe play with a defense that was terrible all year with an offense that you know just never really quite got going you know, he's getting sacked all the time um yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. So to me, like the, I mean, maybe they need a long-term quarterback. I'm not going to argue that, but you know, I, I just think what they've been able to do with a guy who was the literal last pick in the draft and the second-year player. It's amazing. Is so pretty remarkable. Yeah, it, it, it's totally amazing. And don't get me wrong, I think he's a, a decent quarterback. I think the conversation about how you know they got a great quarterback, and I'm not trying to create straw man. Uh, there are people that think that Purdy at times. I mean, look, he was an MVP front runner there for a while here this season. He's not that for me, and he wasn't that yesterday, and wouldn't have had the opportunity to essentially erase what he was for the first half and a little bit beyond that, if not for Detroit's implosion. Um, but the bottom line is he took advantage of it. He played great over the final quarter and a half, and he was a big-time player in the final drive against Green Bay after not playing great. I just It's going to be interesting because 
they're good enough as a roster to win against anybody at any time. They've already proven that. But the ultimate prize is the next game. And unless he wins that one, you can still say, yeah, but they don't have a ring. And so nobody like him has ever won a ring. But if he does, then people will start to do the rookie quarterback, seventh rounder. And I'm not even sure it's a needle in a haystack. to to it. I mean, it is for him. Um, but I'd still be looking if I were them. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a, it's a very, you know, look, this is the nature of the, the problem of this sport. If you don't have a quarterback, it doesn't matter if you have all the other toys that the 49ers have. You know, if you, if you eliminate quarterback and say who, which two, who has the most talented roster, I, I think San Fran's probably winning that, right? I'm not, even, I'm not sure who else I'm even sort of putting in that discussion if you're eliminating the quarterback. Uh, but if you, you know, they have a they have a, a a good one a reasonable one a, a facsimile of a good and reasonable one whatever you want to say Purdy is they have something but you know it's is he definitely the answer I I wouldn't say that for sure but how do you go about and get one it's obviously you know you you, you draft you mold you try you sign whatever but it's not it's it's not that easy and and it is I mean look I'm you know, I'm not trying to uh, you know. Um, overpraised Kyle Shanahan, but it really is crazy to see what they've been able to do. I mean, in the past, we have seen, like, when Ben Roethlisberger, right, when the Steelers won the first one with him, he was really, you know, his his stats in Super Bowl were terrible. He was really green. But, you know, you you saw the promise of what could be, but they were just really good, and they were able to plug and play him. I mean, it is the thing that Ron Rivera would say to us at times, you could build up the team and then plug in a quarterback and, and, and hope. It, obviously, they couldn't build the roster good enough here. But in terms of – but I, I, almost nobody could build a roster good enough to say, here, here's a day three quarterback, let alone the last pick in the draft, two years in the league, go ahead, get to, get to the Super Bowl. How, what, what else do you have to do for that to happen? It's, 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 it's nuts. By the way, did you see, since we've been talking, the Ron Rivera news? No. Uh, he apparently he's been he was interviewed by the Rams for their defensive coordinator opening. All righty, uh, I have not seen that news. Uh, Denton, I'm sure is going to include it in his news. By the way, oh, sorry, this Denton. will be for the 49ers the best defensive team they've faced in a while. Detroit's not a good defensive team. Green Bay not a great defensive team. Um, the last great defensive team they faced were the Ravens on Christmas night, and it was a debacle. Um, for them in that game. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm not surprised that the Niners are favored, um, but uh, this is an interesting Super Bowl matchup for sure. Um, all right, give me the and give all of our listeners here the update, the itinerary on all of the interviews for the head coaching opening in Washington this week. Oh, and by the way, just as a reminder – the 49ers, if we're saying that their depth is really the key, you know, how much overall talent they have, you know, one of the people who was the architect of that roster is now the general manager here and having a right. say in the in the head coach search and Adam Peters. Um, yeah, so they're going to – the expectation is there's five candidates of the original uh, seven-plus enemy that they have not interviewed in person. Those are expected to take place over the next 48 hours. The two Baltimore coaches, Anthony Weaver 
and uh, Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator, who, for what it's worth, you know, held Mahomes' offense to zero points. Uh, he and his you know, players held them to zero points in the second half yesterday. Um, they are scheduled to meet today. Uh, Dan Quinn, the Cowboys' defensive coordinator, scheduled to meet tomorrow, and then the team is flying, or you know, the, the search committee is flying to Detroit to meet with uh, Ben Johnson and Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn. From that point, I mean, as far as we know, that's that'll be the end of the interviews. And, you know, we could have a name announced by Tuesday night, by Wednesday, and uh, get moving. But, yeah, it, it, we should be here pretty much at the finish line at this point. And it looks like Ben Johnson still, right? No reason to think that it isn't him. Say, say that again? And it looks like Ben Johnson. For, I mean, if, if, if it's oh. not the echo chamber, as you described last week, you know, and everybody that's reported front runner, that's the odds on favorite. Certainly the odds on favorite for sure. I, 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 again, the Seattle part to me that, that Seattle is the only other team with a head coaching opening is very, very interesting. And I do think potentially, maybe nothing, potentially relates to Washington in that, you know, look, all the, all the candidates that people are looking at are now eligible to be hired because of the, because they all lost Baltimore and Detroit. However, if Baltimore had won, they wouldn't have been able to interview, do anything with Ben, with Ben, with Mike McDonald for a while. They hadn't even interviewed him yet in Seattle, um, which is odd, even though they're supposedly interested in him. So the question was, why is Seattle waiting? Dan Quinn is sitting there. If you want Dan Quinn, you can just go get this done and yeah. call it a day. So what are they waiting on? A guy that they have yet to interview or Ben Johnson, who they did interview, and it sounds like they may be interested in interviewing him again, I'm not sure if I've seen definitively that they're flying to Detroit or meeting with him, but it sounds like there's still some interest there. So I'm assuming that Ben Johnson is the, the leading option here by far, but the Seattle part of this to me is kind of weird. And, you know, I, I definitely have had people like ask me, do I think there's any chance Ben Johnson goes to Seattle people? I don't mean like, you know, team insiders, but just, you know, there seems to be some noise about it. So, that's the part that's weird. But other than that, I, I mean, not other than that, but, but I still would assume Ben Johnson is the leader in the clubhouse here. Yeah, I mean, which is the better job, Seattle or Washington? I mean, on the surface, I think it's definitely here. The only variable would be, look, Seattle has been a very good organization now for a decade or so. You know, they're, though Pete Carroll is out, John Schneider, their GM, has been – you know, running personnel there for several years. But, you know, Geno Smith's a fine quarterback, but he obviously he's an older guy and he's not one of the league's elite, so there's not much to work with there. They, they didn't make the playoffs last year, right? I mean, they were, you know, just another one. You know, they, they basically were the equivalent of what Washington had been for several years, good at times, but not good enough. So unless you want to live in Seattle or, like, playing in a really nice stadium now is part of your criteria for choosing a job – I don't know why Seattle would be viewed more favorably than Washington, not to mention as a coach, you know, no disrespect to the coaches in the NFC East, but you've got Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan in the NFC West. That's that, you know, young guys, you're, they're not going anywhere. You're going to have to deal with that versus here where, you know, every head coach is on the verge of getting fired. If they have a bad year, it feels like, right. So um, I don't, I don't know that, I don't know how you would pick Seattle over Washington, but, you know, who knows? 
He is interviewing, according to Pelissaro in Seattle. You said that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had, yeah. I guess, I just hadn't heard definitively if they were like flying to him. But yeah, I mean, it, right. it, it was. There was still interest that that was still happening to a degree, and this is my thing with with the Ben Johnson stuff is we can keep saying. I mean, I know people who are just locking it in. Ben Johnson's coming here, and that's fine. But he's still interviewing. He is willing to get blown away. It appears right. He's willing for somebody to say to him, "Hey, what do you got? I'm I'm interested." And then you know, Adam Peters took zero other interviews. He was coming here, so. That's the part where it's like, all right, well, what what is happening here? Is there something we're missing? Uh, I don't know, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, he, he he it seems like it's it, he's coming here, McDonald going there, but maybe not. So yeah, it, it is it's it's interesting to say the least. Yeah, I mean, I I think that and when you, I, I guess just this conversation is making me. I, I think you're right not to just assume um, the fact that he's going to interview with Seattle. Seattle's been an attractive NFL franchise for a while. It's a more attractive NFL franchise with a, you know, arguably one of the most passionate fan bases in the sport, one of the best, if not the best home field advantages in the sport, and a hell of a roster. Let's not forget that 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 roster with the picks that they got in the Wilson trade, they've got an excellent roster. Now, beautiful, the physical beauty of the Pacific Northwest, because it is cool. He's looking at Woolen and Witherspoon. And and you know uh, uh, the, the the defensive talent that they have and um, Metcalf and Lockett and the, the backs that they have like Walker and and Charbonnet and and he's like look I I you know I can make Geno Smith work in the same way that I made Jared Goff work we can win we can win game they they were in the playoffs last year we, we can win right away with Seattle's roster I I, I don't. I bet you that that it, I mean, you put it in my mind anyway that if it were to happen that way, it wouldn't be a stunner. Seattle's not that much different than Washington. There are advantages that a coach like him might see in terms of well, at least we don't have to go three and thirteen next year with a first year quarterback. You know, um, yeah, I can win right away in Seattle because they got a good roster, got a great offensive line. Um, right? Don't they, Denton, with Cross and yeah, they've, they've built it up. It's been, it's gotten it's gotten better. They had, um, I think it was last year, not this year, but the, the previous year, they had a draft similar to, to how Detroit did, where like everybody seemed to work. Right. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the only difference is just that there has this been this low hum the whole time that he's coming here, and now you know. Yeah. It's like it's like some it's like some movie you're trying to figure out you know who did it and now you're only down to two uh, two suspects so it's like okay right it's 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 Washington this is what everybody's been saying but there's another team and you're like well wait a minute uh, look at, let me look at this team again here this looks kind of interesting wait are we sure it's not that person so yeah yep um, what else what else other than the Ron Rivera news that he's He's interviewing for the L.A. Uh, Rams. The Rams obviously lost Raheem Morris. I'm trying to think of who else is on that staff. I don't know. Interesting. Sean McVay and Ron Rivera together? All right. I mean, I bet. Look, yeah. I don't. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I mean, look, who knows? I mean, like, you know, I know Brandon Staley flamed out um, as a head coach, but the reason he got the head coach job was because he was really good as a defensive coordinator with the Rams. Um, so, you know, that, that would seem to be, 
a fairly easy one unless, you know, there was some, you know, some specific like, personal reason that they would want to bring him back. And, you know, there's a few other candidates. So I, I don't know. Look, I'm not, uh, I, 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 I'm not expecting Ron Rivera to get hired as a defensive coordinator by anybody, but, you know, sure. He's gotten interviewed, you know, good, good luck to, uh, to all involved. Um, the, uh, the senior bowl this week though, that's, uh, you're heading to Mobile, right? I am. I All right, so let's pack. figure out the schedule where we can get yeah. you on and you can talk about uh, – who are the quarterbacks that are there? Uh, Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. are the, uh, yeah. the two headliners, the two guys that could get possibly picked in the first round. Obviously, we're not expecting them to be in play at two, but, you know, whatever percentage chance there is that Washington trades out, trades down to, to – to, get that haul like the bears did a year ago, something like that. Um, and you know, if they don't fall in love with, uh, the quarterbacks at the top, I guess it's possible that that that's in play, but, uh, but yeah, those are the quarterbacks. And, you know, I think if there's going to be four and five quarterbacks in the draft, uh, well, or, or, or I guess upwards of six, it's like those two or JJ McCarthy from Michigan are the likely ones to, uh, hear their names called. Right. Um, what did you think of Chase Young's performance? How about the one play that literally went viral on the uh, Gibbs touchdown where he wasn't just loafing, he was almost in reverse on the play. Um, he, had a, he had a couple of plays in the second half, a couple of run stops for, for minus yardage, but uh, yeah, something, yeah kinda, something's kinda, just not it, right. The, it kind of looked like if you said to me, hey, you have to go – Make you have to go in this play. You don't have to do anything. But you have to go in it, and then I'm like wandering around. All of a sudden, oh no, I'm about to get into a collision, and I kind of pull up. Uh, yeah, it was not a good, not a good look. When for, he for stopped, Mon- and- I think he stopped Montgomery for like a two yard loss in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and I made yeah, note that- of this, and I haven't mentioned this, but he is looking to watch the video board of the play that he just made. And he misses the defensive call, and he lines up on the wrong side pre-snap and then has to be told by somebody, I think it was it could have been Kinlaw or somebody, no, 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 you're on the other side, dude. You're on the other side. Um, so, anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, all right, great job. Keep us posted. Thanks. Uh, absolutely, man. See ya. Ben Standing at Ben Standing on Twitter. Follow him. Follow the Team 980 on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, because this will be, I think, a breaking news week uh, for sure. The interviews today with the Baltimore guys, tomorrow with the Detroit guys and Dan Quinn, um, certainly wouldn't be a surprise if by the end of tomorrow a new head coach is uh, announced, uh, I would say Wednesday or Thursday, worst case. All right, we'll do some Denton news, catch up on some things that we didn't talk about from this past weekend. That's after these words from a few of our sponsors. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980 and theteam980.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hitting the news you might have missed, it's Denton's Daily News. All right, Denton, what do you got? All right, so we're gonna. I'm gonna uh, take the lob that Ben Standig threw me in your last segment with him. We're gonna start with some coaching news. Uh, ben pointed out that Ron Rivera has interviewed with the Los Angeles Rams. I would like to thank Ben. I actually hadn't seen that yet, but what I had seen this weekend, Kevin, is that Ron Rivera interviewed with the Dallas Cowboys. They are expecting or potentially preparing for Dan Quinn to leave, whether that be come here as the head coach or go to Seattle. And in the event where Dan Quinn does leave they would look at Ron Rivera as their next defensive coordinator. So he could be staying in the division. Hmm. Uh, When he got interviewed by Philadelphia, I honestly thought there's, and I said this, I don't think there's much of a chance of him getting this job. And I think that if he ends up working next year, it would be as, you know, an advisory, a defensive, you know, a defensive consultant, a defensive advisor, maybe an associate head coach D line or linebackers coaching job. He's highly respected around the league by people. And I, I don't want to say he's just getting these interviews because he wants to kind of feel good about how the rest of the league is reacting to him after what happened here. Um, I would still predict he does not get a defensive coordinator job, though. I, I There are good young defensive minds in the league, you know, several of whom, by the way, are uh, up for head coaching jobs. I don't know. I mean, I don't think Sean McVay would waste his own time, though, to be fair. I don't know why Dallas would waste their own time. Where's the connection to McCarthy or to McClay or to Jerry with Ron? He's just a big name in the division. I think Dallas is the one spot I could see him landing at because his name carries a little bit of weight. And Jerry seems to love that. Look, I wish him the best. Like we said a million times, my God, what he, you know, came into and had to endure while he was here. He just wasn't a good coach and he wasn't a good general manager here. It was a bad four years. But not because he's a bad guy, but because he just wasn't a good coach or a good, uh, you know, roster constructor. All right, what's next? All right, so two other uh, offensive coordinator gigs. Uh, Kellen Moore lands in Philadelphia. And then the one that I'm the most excited about, Joe Brady officially done with the interim tag. He is now the the full-time offensive coordinator in Buffalo. I think these two are good hires, but I think Brady is a really, really good hire for Bu- who, Buffalo. Who hired Ken Dorsey? Somebody hired Ken Dorsey this weekend. Uh, Yeah, give me just a second. I'll pull that up. Was it Cleveland? I know he has ties to Cleveland. Um, yes, it was Cleveland. Yeah, he just it was Cleveland. DLC. Yeah, um, good hire by Philly. Philly did well with their two coordinators, Vic Fangio, Kellen Moore. Let's see what happens. I think Kellen Moore is a good offensive coordinator. 
Um, and obviously there's not a spot for him. Harbaugh's going to bring in his own people with the Chargers and with Herbert. So um, Philadelphia, I think, in, in terms of what we know about coordinators, did pretty well in this offseason, uh, replacing Brian Johnson and Sean Desai. What's next? Um, all right, so let's go to a uh, little bit of hoops action this weekend. Uh, Georgetown falls to Providence. That was Ed Cooley's return to Providence. The Providence fans really built that thing up. A lot of signs, really great environment. Georgetown keeps it close, but they ultimately fall short. I was a little upset. I had Providence uh, laying 10.5, and, and they won by 8, so I was a little angry about that. But your Terps, however, uh, they were much better this weekend. Maybe one of their best performances uh, of the season, an absolute shellacking of Nebraska, 73-51. to 51. A lot of offense from the Turtles. Yeah, let me just say this. I was paying attention to Georgetown um, and Providence. This was Ed Cooley, who was, you know, had become a bit of a of a mini legend in that market, which just loves Providence basketball. Um, was you know excommunicated when he left and took the Georgetown job, and so this was you know this was going to be a tough return for him. This was not going to be a fully embraced uh, return. And Georgetown was 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 uh, competitive in the game. They were competitive against Xavier recently, not that bad against UConn. They got absolutely blown out by Butler. I think it was. I think they got blown out by Butler. As far as the Terps go. Easily their best game of the year. It didn't start that way. Um, they're playing Nebraska. Most of you would just roll your eyes. Nebraska's actually had a very good season. Um, they 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 beat um, they beat Michigan State. They beat uh, they beat uh, Purdue um, at home when Purdue was ranked number one. They they annihilated them at home. Uh, they beat a good Northwestern team. They were coming off an absolute dominant performance against Ohio State. And Maryland destroyed them. Uh, They were down 10 early. But here's what Maryland is right now, okay? They are the best defensive team in the Big Ten, one of the best defensive teams in America. They have one guy that's consistently able to score. If other guys step up like they did the other day, including their bench, or Jahari Long came off the bench, um, knocked down threes. It was by far and away the best game for their freshman, Jamie Kaiser Jr. He was four for five from behind the arc. Just let it fly. They also missed a lot of shots that normally they make. Dante had a bunch of open looks for three from the three that were either short or a little bit long or in and out. And they won by 22. And now Maryland's five and five, and they're tied for fifth in the Big Ten. And they've got a massive game Saturday at Michigan State, nationally televised on Fox. They had a chance to beat Michigan State here uh, a week ago Sunday. And you look at their, you know, um, final 10 games, and I, I think it's this simple they've got to win seven of the 10 to get into the tournament. Um, it could be six if they're the right six, meaning a win over Illinois or Wisconsin. That Those are the two highest-ranked teams. They play Illinois at home on the 17th. They play Wisconsin on the road uh, a few nights later on the 20th. Those are the two ranked teams they have left. Everybody else they could potentially be favored against with the exception of Michigan State this weekend. But there's no easy team in the Big Ten. It's not a great league. It's just not – there isn't like two or three – easy wins, but they've put themselves back into the conversation of being able to make a run here. 
uh, in the month of February um, to get back into the tournament, which is where they were supposed to be before the season started. But they're going to have to win 12 games in the Big Ten, which means seven out of their final ten to get it done. Uh, And probably at least one over Illinois at home or Wisconsin on the road. They've already beaten Illinois on the road, which was a huge road win for them, a quad one win. Um, What else? All right, something that I'm really excited about potentially coming to fruition, and I'm sure you would be as well with the departure of Doc Rivers from ESPN going to coach Milwaukee Bucks. ESPN is thinking of potentially adding J.J. Redick to their main NBA booth. Wouldn't mean so much now, but I think once the postseason starts and you get J.J. on some really big games, I think people would really fall in love with him, which in this area is a little bit more difficult just based on where he went to college, but I think people really like him. Would love it. I think Reddick's super smart. Uh, and, you know, the whole Maryland-Duke thing, he hated Maryland so much, and Maryland really tortured him. But that's long gone. He's an adult. He's super sharp when it comes to hoops. He's interesting. I would love him on the call. By the way, just speaking of the NBA, no, none of you follow it, but how about Friday night? Luca went for 73 and Booker went for 62 on the same night. Now, I watched some of the Luca game. It's some of the worst defense you'll ever see played by the Hawks. It was embarrassing. But still, to get 73 on 25 of 33 from the floor, I mean, that's an amazing offensive night, no matter how bad defensively uh, the other team was. And I've told you uh, before that I placed a wager about a month ago, three weeks ago, on the Clippers to win the West I just think that right now they're the best all-around team in the West. And I think Boston's the best team in the league. The Clippers on the back half of a back-to-back went into Boston on Saturday. And at one point they were up by 36. And they won by 19, I think it was. Maybe one of the most impressive NBA performances and wins of the year. If they stay healthy, I think they're going to win the championship. Just remember I said that on January 29th. (laughs) And I I told you this back like in mid-December. That if they stay healthy, and that's the big if with them, they never do. But if they do stay healthy, they've got a chance to win the whole thing. And I would also just suggest to you that the person playing at the highest level in the NBA right now as a combined offensive and defensive player is Kawhi Leonard, and it's not close. And it's an absolute joke that LeBron's a starter in the All-Star game over him. An absolute joke. Um, all right, anything else? Uh, yeah, quickly. One, uh, and how about Embiid resting against Denver again? I mean, that's Yeah, I mean, I, that game was an ABC national TV game was going to be Jokic and Embiid, and yeah, he sits. I mean, yeah, pathetic. whatever. Um, did you see over the weekend the 40-car pileup on the Bay Yeah, bridge? on the bridge. Oh, I can't Fog think related, of a, right? worst, a worse place to have a 40-car pileup than a bridge. Well, especially if you've got, like, bridge, fear, phobia, heights, the whole thing. But it was fog-related, correct? Yeah, because it, it was still some of the, the smoke coming off of the water because of the abnormal temperatures from late What Was week. anybody hurt? Yeah, there were 13 injuries, two major injuries, but nothing life-threatening, last I read. Yeah, that that's – fog is the worst, man. I mean – I, we've all driven in it where you literally have to get down to about 15 miles per hour when it's that thick and you just have to be incredibly distanced from whatever's in front of you or at least perceived that's, I think fog's the most dangerous, by the way, you know, the, um, 
uh, Friday, and we didn't say this, speaking of fog, was the four-year anniversary of Kobe Bryant's death in the helicopter crash, which was caused by fog and the instrumentation or whatever they were on, the virtual, I forget what they call that, VSR or whatever it's called. Buck, If Buck's listening, he'll call me with the whole thing. I just can't believe it's been four years. That was one of the most surreal days when when that news started to hit social media. And it was just an incredible one of those moments because I was sitting with my middle son watching Maryland play Indiana, and he grew up and has always been the biggest Kobe Bryant fan, always was. I took him to the Lakers-Wizards games a couple times, walk him down to the floor when he was younger because he loved Kobe. That was one of the most unbelievable days. Four years, though. Amazing. You know what it's also four years? We're literally coming up on four years of the beginning of COVID and the pandemic. Four years now it's been since that. All right, we'll finish up with looking back at the two games from yesterday when we return. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and the Team980.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. So the Super Bowl matchup upcoming will be the fourth time in Super Bowl history that we've got a rematch of coaches. Now, Chuck Knoll and Tom Landry went head-to-head twice in the 70s. Jimmy Johnson and Marv Levy went head-to-head twice in the 90s. Coughlin and Belichick, Giants-Patriots, went head-to-head twice, and now Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan will coach against each other for the second time. In the previous 
three instances of a rematch. The coach that won the first game also won the second game. Noel beat Landry in that last of the Steelers' four Super Bowls uh, in the 70s. Jimmy beat Marv Levy back-to-back, you know, the first year in Pasadena, the second year in Atlanta. Coughlin beat Belichick twice uh, in the Super Bowl. Andy Reid beat Kyle Shanahan the first time. Now, I will tell you that Jimmy's Cowboys were favored Chuck Knoll's Steelers were favored. This is by memory. Coughlin, though, was not favored the second time to do it again. He was an underdog in both of those games. Um, Andy Reid's Chiefs are going to be an underdog in this game. As of now, that number, has it moved much since it came out uh, right after the game? One and a half. Yeah, one and a half. Remember it was projected the look ahead was going to be two and a half? It's one and a half. Um some of the money line money has moved a little bit. At the beginning of the show, you could get Kansas City plus 105. Now they're minus 104. Yeah, there's there's definitely going to be public action on Kansas City. And I would bet you some sharp action on Kansas City as well. Um. Anyway, look, my 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 summary of the first game was uh Kansas City's defense was great. Uh, Lamar Jackson was not. Mahomes was phenomenal, uh, along with Kelsey, on two drives and then a final throw on third and long at the end of the game. In between, Baltimore's defense was outstanding. Baltimore became completely unglued multiple times. I had um, Tim uh, tweet me during one of the breaks, and I was just reading it real quickly. He's like, you said Lamar made a lot of poor plays. What poor plays other than the interception and the fumble? Well, uh, yeah, he had the sack fumble. He had the third and four ball in in the third in the second quarter that he overthrew Hill, who was wide open in the flat by like three feet. Um, he had a third and six that was nearly intercepted by Bolton, dropped, went right through his hands. Uh, he took a third and nine, didn't see the safety blitz, um, and took a sack, knocking them out of field goal range uh, in the third quarter. Um, he had multiple deep shots, whether it was to Beckham or Aguilar, that he just overthrew time and time again. Uh, so there were a lot of plays where he didn't look right. He he made some good plays. I mean, that first third, fourth down that they went for, and he had that big run, the touchdown throw, um, sort of off schedule was outstanding. The throw to Flowers to get down to, to get down to uh, Kansas City's ten yard line before the taunting penalty. He had some good plays, but overall, again, I didn't put it all on Lamar. I said this was. A, a group, you know, loss for Baltimore. Munkin, I, I don't understand how their running backs get the ball six times in a game where you're the number one rush offense in the NFL. He put way too much of, of the game on on Lamar, I thought. Uh, you know, unreasonably so. Kansas City stout against the run, don't get me wrong, but you had to... You had to run Edwards. You had to run Hill a little bit more. You had to get Lamar more into the either option or the designed run game, which, by the way, man, Tony Romo, I know I said it earlier. I mean, he doesn't know an, a read option from an RPO. He didn't know Baltimore was running the clock down to the two-minute warning in the first half. He didn't know the penalty at the end was intentional. 
Olsen's just much better. Romo, you know, he was he was cool when it started calling all those plays, and then you kind of figured it out. We started to say this in the second year. It's like he's not prepared for these games. It's like he's not even paying attention to football. How do you not know they're trying to draw you draw him off sides at the end of that first half? Like it's just it's weird um, how many obvious things he missed. Uh, The second game was about a five-minute span in the third quarter. Detroit went from, as ESPN tracked it, a 91.5% win probability to a dropped fourth down, a face mask interception that lands in the other team's hands, a fumble when the running back goes to the wrong direction, a punt that they carry into the end zone. It was total self does it was it, it was a self-destruction of five minutes that gave San Francisco life and give the 49ers credit. They took advantage of it. Ben Johnson, man, can call some plays and design an offense. But they got great talent too. Both things are true, and neither one of them are critical. Uh, that's it. Thanks to Ben. Thanks to all of you who called today. Thanks to Denton back tomorrow. Chris is up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.